Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bunnelly Successful Show, the show for conscious entrepreneurs who have the deep desire to turn their passion to a successful and thriving business, all while making a big impact in the world. I'm your host, Kay Sanders, also known as the creator of possibilities. And in today's interview, in today's episode, we're going to talk about charging what you're worth. I mean, so many entrepreneurs, you know, we want to make a big difference in the world. We want to make a lot of money, but we're often feeling very uncomfortable actually charging a whole lot of money for what we do because you know for whatever reason so our guest expert today is Kay Beater so she is also known as the breakthrough expert so she's going to tell us all about how we as you know these these driven entrepreneurs can really make a difference at the same time actually charge what we're truly worth so without further ado let me introduce you to Kate hello Kate thanks for being here great to have you thanks for having me Kay I'm really excited to to dive in and talk about this topic Yes, most definitely. (laughs) I think it's going to be a great, great topic. But before we start, you know, before we dive into the content, why don't you share with us a little bit like who you are, what you do, and also my most favorite question, why you do what you do. So charging what you're worth, I actually just, just, you know, I know this is going to be aired a little bit later, but I'm actually coming off of doing a live event. And one of the segments um, I taught was charging what you're worth. And this is part of my whole story because when I first started my business, I, I came from corporate. um, Did you come? I don't know if you came from corporate or not, Kay, but a lot Mm -hmm. of, a lot of entrepreneurs did. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's one thing when you're in corporate, you get your salary, your paycheck and all this kind of stuff. And it's a totally other thing when you have this passion about what you're doing and then all of a sudden you have to ask for money for it. And even though I did it very, very successfully in corporate, I made a, I sold millions and millions of dollars worth of my company's products. When it came to selling myself, um, it was very, very difficult. And it really, I had to learn how to do it. Otherwise, um, I don't know if you can see her. She's like snoozing. Can you guys see her? <laughs> my little girl, Callie. Oops. She, um, she likes to eat a couple of times a day. I like to eat a couple of times a day. Got a mortgage to pay, all this kind of stuff. I'm not, you know, I don't have a sugar daddy. I don't have a trust fund. And I had to learn how to sell. And I had to learn how to charge what I'm worth in a way that felt authentic and congruent. Um, otherwise, I would, you would be talking to me, Kay. I would have gotten a job and settled and all that stuff. So, one of my passions, one of my reasons is that I believe that most entrepreneurs are really excited and passionate about what they do. Problem is, is that their income level doesn't match their level of expertise. And so that's my gift of teaching people how to actually shift that and change it so they are compensated accordingly. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. And, um, you know, um, I know you've got lots and lots of questions, so I, I, I want to hear them and share. And because I also want to kind of say to you, you were saying in the beginning that a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs want to make a lot of money. And I want to kind of share with you that, you know, you mentioned a lot of your audience are healers and helpers and things like that. And, and no, I came from the tapping world. That's how I became an entrepreneur. I'm one of the top tappers. You know, you guys know what tapping is? Yeah, EFT. Yep, yeah, I'm one of the tap toppers. Tap, top tappers. That's hard to say fast. <laughs> top tappers in the world. Um, I've been on the Tapping World Summit with half a million people listening to me. And, and at one time, which is, which is huge. Um, and I will share with you that most people who um, start their business based on some kind of healing modality or helping modality often find it really incongruent to make a lot of money. And so that's kind of sometimes where the problem even just begins because it's like, I've got this amazing gift. Who am I to ask you to pay me a lot of money for it? So that's where often partly where it all starts, Kay, is that you know I've got this gift, whether it's tapping, whether it's NLP, whether it's Reiki, whether it's, I mean, this is zillion energy 
you know, or different modalities out there, um, anything. And it's like, who am I to charge a lot of money when I'm here to help people? So that can become very incongruent, just like how therapists have a really hard time, social workers and all that, because it's, I'm here to help people. Helping so, people not become congruent with making money. So why do you think is that though? Because I mean, I know like, I mean, I think money is like the most talked about topic because it is like so many, like you mentioned, like, you know, so many people, they really struggle with that. Like, especially, and that's one of the things that I had realized as well, you know, with like people that I talked to, they were doing the same thing for years in a, in a job and I have no problem, you know, getting clients and doing all these things. But then when it came to doing it on them, on their, on their own for their, for their business, it was like, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I can't charge. I mean, why do you think is that, that it is so hard as entrepreneurs, especially like, you know, us conscious ones, like in the spiritual world, why is it so hard for us to really ask for what we're worth and actually make a decent income with our business that actually sustains our lifestyle? So first of all, I'm just telling you, we could talk for days about this. I'm just, just so you know, this is not like, and, and for the audience listening, this is not a one second, like, like little um, clip or whatever. This is a huge topic, but a couple things just to get you to start thinking is that, you know, if you're like me, you know, you've got lots of training, you know, whatever your modality is. And in the, when you get the training, they teach you like, yeah, you're going to be amazing at Reiki. You're going to be amazing at tapping or amazing at hypnotism, whatever the heck it is that your modality. But what they don't teach you is you got to learn how to get clients. So for a lot of people, part of just the basic thing is understanding they're actually a business owner as opposed to somebody who just has this gift or expertise, because to be a successful business owner, which is something a lot of people who are healers and helpers, just even me saying that it's going to make their head start spinning around. Like I'm going to business owner. I'm a Ricky or I'm a tapping or I'm a whatever, but understand if you, you are a business owner, if this is your own business, if you have a card and it's got your name or your website on, you are a business owner. So I know I'm already just having people go like, ah, but which means you not only have to do, which is, can be very complicated in the beginning, unless you have a coach, is how do you both provide the service with one side of you, because you've got to provide the service, your expertise. The other side is how do you create a funnel to bring in new clients and be able to balance them? So that, that's okay. That's one really uh, important reason that people don't know how, they, A, they're not aware that they need to do that, and B, they don't know how to balance it. Because they get very caught up with it in the thought of, of sales conversations, the thought of marketing, all this kind of stuff. Again, it just makes their head twirl around. It does not feel aligned. So that's one thing. The other is often, too, their, their whole money story. You know, of what they grew up. I find a lot of people who either worked in, work for nonprofits or are healers or therapists or things like that. That's how their whole upbringing is not about having a lot of abundance. And not that they're necessarily like, I have, like they have to be in poverty, but just that they don't have good feelings about having a lot of money. It feels very like, like, ew. Like, and so if you feel something is, is like a bad thing, you're not going to want more of it. If you don't see being rich or wealthy or having a lot of abundance is something good that you can do something good with, you're going to hold and, and, and resist it. Mm-hmm. So you can see there's lots of different reasons as well as your self-image. You know, if your self-image is somebody who's always kind of been a bit, bit, a, bit of a bit struggler, you know, for whatever reason, or, or always just kind of getting by, that even though you could be the best at whatever treatment or modality or expertise you have, but if you don't see yourself as somebody who could thrive, then you're always going to stay in that struggling mode. So those are all things I help my clients move through, because otherwise you stay exactly where you are. Yeah, you just mentioned one. It's a big topic. 
Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I think we can definitely talk about that a whole lot. Um, you know, I, mean, I know it is very important. Like you mentioned one thing right now is like the self-worth, the self-value. So do you think yeah. like the amount of, you know, money we charge for our services, for our products actually reflects how much we value ourselves or how much we think we are worth? Absolutely. Absolutely. And what's interesting is I wanted to share a little story, something that happened at my event this past week. And because it was just a really, really powerful example. And so this woman, she has a business. It was less than a year old. She came out of corporate and now she has a business. The business is not making a huge amount of money. You know, she's married. She's got, you know, she has children. And, and so she needs to be bringing in some income. I mean, her, her family depends on that. And so, you know, what she was doing when she said to me, she said, Kate, we were talking about money. And she said, she goes, yeah, she goes, but you're a business coach. I feel like what I do is frivolous. So I could never charge that much. And as soon as she said that, because I, I, when I hear things, and now as I'm saying it, like you're going, of course, that's obvious. It was not obvious in the conversation. I have this ability to just kind of pull things out. And as soon as she said, I'm like, stop. I said, if you think your business is frivolous and what you do is frivolous, I said, you'll never, ever be able to charge a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So she was ranking herself, like, here's this, here's this, here's this. Like people often say to me, like, you charge as much as my attorney. I said, well, have your attorney come coach with me and I'll teach him how to, or her how to charge more. You know, but people very often do that. Like they, they think that whatever they do, that it's not as good as, as somebody else who's charging more. So they do a lot of comparison as well, Kate. So that very much has to do with how much they're going to charge. So by me shifting, and again, as I give that example now, of course, everyone listening is going, of course, so she says frivolous, well, we get it. Understand, I pulled that out. It was not, she just kind of said it so fast that, unless you're trained like me, you never would have picked up on it. That when you view yourself as frivolous or extraneous or not a necessity or a lot, you know, whatever, you're not going to charge a lot of money because you don't see yourself worth it. So how can you really shift that around so you can actually charge what you're worth? Because I mean, I know, you know, there's so many entrepreneurs out there that have all of these amazing gifts and they mm -hmm. just, you know, I mean, it, it always breaks my heart when I talk to someone, they say, well, I only charge $200 a month. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like, what, what can they do to really overcome that, you know, that limiting beliefs that I can't charge enough, I'm not good enough, or I'm not, you know, I'm not worth enough. Yeah. So that there's a lot of parts and pieces to it. And, you know, one of the things I have them do is really get the clarity because I also kind of want to flip around too, because sometimes people say like, oh, I'm just going to go double my pricing or something like that. Right. You know, like you said, that example of someone saying 200 and then they walk away and they could walk away and say, okay, now I'm going to charge 400. Well, the thing is, A, if they're not aligned with that 400, they will never get people to say yes. The second thing is, is that often people will say to them, like I had one client come to me and the reason she came is she did VIP days. And for those of you who don't know what a VIP day is, it's, it's a very important person, you know, but it's a day where you just really focus in on, on that one person. It's like private time. And depending on what your niche is, depends on how you structure the day. Um, and she was charging, I don't know, maybe like $700 at the time, something like that. And someone else, this was, you know, I don't know, six years ago or something, five years ago. And someone else had said to her, you should be charging at least $10,000 for a VIP day. So here she went, she started charging $10,000. Well, of course, nobody said no. She was in tears. So she came to work with me and I said, yeah, I said, because you're not aligned with the 10,000. I said, you're over here, you know, you're, you're over here and now you want to go here. I said, sometimes you've got to take steps in the middle and you also have to start to learn how to recognize your own value and what is it that you offer the client, what, what value they get from you, why you're special. It's understanding all those things. 
And very often, like you started alluding to both core beliefs and limiting beliefs. And for the audience listening, a, a, um, a limiting belief is how you view yourself in relationship to the outside world. Um, things like nobody in my industry, nobody in my country, nobody in my family, women don't, men don't, stuff like that. And then also core beliefs, how you see yourself. Like I've never made that much money or I've never been that successful or I've tried before it hasn't worked or I'm not very techie or whatever you're telling yourself. So you also have to learn how to start shifting all those core and limiting beliefs you have. And what was really interesting is I... Uh, earlier today, I had one of my clients on the phone who actually attended the event. And she said, Kate, you know, when I read your book, she said, I didn't think I had any, any limiting beliefs. She goes, I just skipped over that. She goes, when I went to your event and you started naming them, she said, and other people started giving examples. She goes, I realized I had this one and I had this one and I had this one. So understand the reason I'm just spreading that out is understand we often don't know our own core beliefs and our own limiting. We, we might know some of the obvious ones, but you know, like that expression, you can't see the tip of your own nose you very often can't see all your beliefs because you believe them as if they were as true as if they were on the news. And so those are things that hold you back. Can, can I share something personal? Sure. Yeah. Now, this is actually about you, but I'm not going to share anything secretive or whatever. So, okay. Okay. So you can edit it out if you don't like it. So you were mentioning earlier before we got on this call, you're walking me through the time and all that. And you said, it, it's your birthday. And I said, happy birthday. And you said, oh, no, 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 that's bad luck to say it. So understand that we all hold all these superstitions that we're taught from our family, could be from our religion, could be from our community. And all these things also play a part into how much money, you know, and how much success we can have without even realizing it. Because we just take these things for granted. That's how we're brought up. Like when you said that to me, I'm like, really? Because I've never heard that before. But understand when we're brought up with these things, we believe them to be so true. Like, like it, it is what it is. Like, like rich people are evil. And, you know, I would you know, um, stay, put my hand on the Bible and swear that or whatever, you know, or give me a lie detector test. So understand when we believe this stuff, especially as we, if we learn as little, little kids before our brain is fully formed, we believe it is the truth and we would swear it up and down that this is the truth. Rich people are evil or money doesn't grow in trees or whatever the heck it is. And we don't even realize how many of these things we've been taught until someone all of a sudden says, really? You know, and then all of a sudden we, we're like, oh, wait a minute, the whole world doesn't believe that. Um, and then we realize maybe we're holding ourselves back that way. And I'm not saying these things are necessarily wrong or right, but I'm just saying these are just beliefs that we're taught. And the beauty of it is, Kay, is that as we get older, then we have the right to choose, are we going to keep accepting these beliefs like, like rich people are evil? Because as an adult now, we can say, wait a minute, you know, what about um, Oprah? You know, she's donating all, donating all this money and she's building schools in Africa and she know, donates money to this and she know, donates money to that. And, um, you know, this one's doing this thing and Mark Zuckerberg's doing that. And, you know, whatever you want to say, um, Warren Buffett's doing this. But as a little kid, you don't have the wherewithal in your brain to start pointing out all these examples. So the beauty of it is when you, you know, as ourselves, it's often hard to see all these things that are holding us back. Just, just, so I'm giving you guys kind of a longer answer, but just to understand, we don't, we don't see this stuff often ourselves. And we're I think and we also not often uh, open to it either. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, like uh, one of my clients that I've been working with, you know, it's like, whenever we talk about limiting beliefs, like, no, I don't have no limiting beliefs. It's like, I've seen so many people that really resist, like what you mentioned, a lady that read your book, yeah. you know, at that point, when she read your book, she resisted actually figuring out what's holding them back. Cause I mean, once you know what's holding you back, then you're, you're kind of put at the crossroad. Now you have to make a choice. What yeah. direction are you going to go into? So I think that's a, another thing where a lot of people really keep themselves stuck is 
they just, they're not open to actually seeing what's really true. But one thing that I kind of want to point out, like, you know, what you mentioned earlier, and I would like, you know, kind of pick your brain on that is like, you mentioned like not being alignment with the amount that you want, that you think you want to charge. So how can you really get in alignment? So if you have someone that charges only $200 a month and then wants to go to, let's say eventually to a thousand dollars a month, how can you shift your mindset to be in alignment with that price? So the, the technique I use, I use tapping. And like I said, that, that's my gift. I'm, I'm, I, I'm very good at it. And people get amazing results. So that's my technique. And I know there's lots of modalities out there. And so I highly recommend using a modality like that um, to help you shift from one place to the other. I also recommend working with an expert, whether it's me, whether it's you, whether it's somebody. Because like you just said, we don't always see our own stuff. And very often we see the results, like, well, the results are, I haven't been, like, I haven't been able to cross over six figures. That might be a result that you see, or I'm never able to get more than five clients or, or whatever. We see the results and we go like, well, must be my money story, but not till someone else starts to kind of pull apart what we're saying, what we're doing, how we're responding. Do, does the light start opening up and the light bulbs start going off? But I use, I use tapping. I use that with all my clients and they're just like, like amazed Mm -hmm. because I help them start becoming more, less fearful of it. And often what happens too is that, you know, along with becoming aligned with money, I also teach them the whole sales conversation, like what to say, because if you're giving something, selling something at, let's say $50 an hour, you're going to sell it very differently than when you're at 150, 200, a thousand, et cetera. Does that make sense, Kay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And so it's learning how do you then have that conversation? And what happens very often is that if let's say somebody does get a no, so let's say I raised my pricing, I was at 75, now I'm at 200, you say no. Well, of course I'm crushed, right? You said no. I was like, hey, I know Kay was going to work with me. And she said, no, I should have just charged her 75. I know she would have said yes. And we tend to go running back to our comfort zone. And that's when in, in my proprietary system, the money acceleration system, I teach it. That's called the freak out zone. And that's when more than ever, you need the guidance of, of how to get through that because otherwise then you keep going back and say, see, I never should charge that much money. And because I understand sometimes people will say no, and it's learning. How do you deal with it? How do you change your approach when you're having the conversation? Because you, you will come off differently. You need to come off differently. You can't come off the same at $75 an hour as you will at 200. You can't. It won't work for you. Now, uh, you know, just real quick, you know, because, you know, some of the audience might not really know what exactly tapping or EFT is. Can you just kind of give a quick rundown, like what exactly is it and how does it really help you? Sure. So tapping is, um, I think it's, and I know other people are going to say, no, my technique's the best. So I'm just talking, everyone understand, I'm just talking from my heart. I believe tapping is the most powerful technique there is out there. Um, if there was something better, I would use it. I'm extremely results oriented. And I like something that is going to help, that helped me change my life 360 degrees. And it helps my clients do the same. Quite simply, what it is, is we're tapping on parts of um, our, our, our hand, as well as our upper body and our face, um, while there's certain phrases that I get people to say. And what I'm helping people do is release old fears, old doubts, stories, the limiting beliefs we talked about earlier, Kay, core beliefs, um, uh, anything that's holding them back, their old self-image, things like that, helping them release all that in a very, very powerful way, um, and then shifting into the new space. So if they have a fear like, oh no, you know, nobody would ever pay me that much money. That's crazy. You know, I'm, 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 pay, I'm charging 75 and I'm barely getting people to say yes. What makes me think they'd say yes at 150. And so they don't charge more through the tapping. I help them work through that, become comfortable that, wait a minute, I am worth more. And it's time for me to stop giving it away and start owning their power and coming into a place of confidence. 
And um, like I said, I, I think it's an amazing technique. I love the fact that it's a very gentle technique. It's not meant to be traumatic. Um, like years ago, if somebody had a fear of an elevator, they used to make them go up and down like a hundred times and they figured, okay, by the 99th, you'll be okay. Or you've got a fear of water, you know, they throw you in the deep end. Tapping is meant to be a very, very gentle technique, um, but it's so powerful at the same time. So I use that, and now I'm also combining um, pulling in neuroscience as well. So I pull in neuroscience, laws of attraction, um, which I'm assuming your audience is familiar with laws of attraction, and then also tapping and whatever else I can pull in, you know, including the kitchen sink that's going to help somebody. Because I'm more concerned with how do I help you get to that next place than it is about it has to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I just trust my intuition and it's always right. Mm. Yeah, no, thanks for, thanks for Shannon. I mean, I, I'm the same way. I like, you know, whatever I learn, you know, whatever I can bring to my clients, you know, it's, it's going to help me help them at a much deeper level. But now one thing I would like to kind of like touch on is like you mentioned, like, you know, when you, when you charge someone $75 an hour and then you want to go to, let's say $250 an hour, I'm guessing you would also attract the different kind of clients at 250 than 75, right? Yes, and, so there's an and, okay, is that if you're at 75 and you want to go to 250, other things have to change along with that. You have to make sure your marketing message reflects that because at $75 an hour, you're more of a commodity. Um, So you have to learn how to get out of the commodity mode. So you have to learn to change your marketing message. You're probably going to change um, how you're showing up in social media. You're probably going to change that. You have to change that conversation you have with somebody, all those things. Now I want to also preface, I'm not talking about going out and and spending three months trying to figure out a brand new logo because I feel that people often get caught up with the bright, shiny object stuff. Yeah. New logo is wonderful, but that's not what I'm talking about. And not even necessarily that you have to redo your whole website, but understand that you are showing up as more. And so everything around has to be aligned. It isn't just you aligned with your money, how you come across has to be that way. Um, you know, more likely if you're charging 50 or $75 an hour and someone says like, okay, I'm interested in working with you. How much they are, how much are, is it to work with you? You might say, oh, it's $50 an hour. It's not a big thing. It's like, here it is. When you're getting into more money, you have to have a conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so it, it's a more in, involved thing. And that's, that's what I, I teach my clients because it's a whole process. So you really uncover and discover if you're the right fit and what their needs are and the whole nine yards, but you have to show up differently. And not everybody's willing to step into that K. Some people would rather truthfully have on their website, it's, you know, 50 or $75, have the PayPal buttons, and then the person just shows up at their scheduled time, whether it's in person or whether it's over Skype, and call it a day. And I get that. And I'm not here to convert the whole world. But for those of you who say, you know what? See, here's the thing. This is why this means so much to me is that I started off very, you know, 50, 75 bucks an hour, ended up giving it away, ended up doing trades, did discounts. Um, I was in danger of losing my home. I was in danger of, you know, who knows what was going to happen, right? Because I didn't know how to sell myself. And so I'm t- um, I started getting really angry. And I know as a healer and a helper, you're not supposed to get angry. You're supposed to be all about helping the world, okay? It's supposed to be about how can I help Kay do this? And how can I help Susie do this? And Joe do this? It's all about helping the world. But I started getting really angry because I was getting emails and phone calls from my clients saying, Kate, because of you, I'm now making $5,000 a month. Kate, because of you, I just got new clients. Kate, because of you, I'm now able to get on an airplane. I haven't been able to get on one in five years. Kate, because of you, I'm now able to take my kids on vacation. Kate, because of you, I'm now able to do this. 
over and over and over and over again, I was getting these things. And I started getting really, really angry because it's like I was, they were getting these amazing transformations and I wasn't being paid for it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I hired a coach because it was like, this, this isn't right. Energy is ener- money is energy and it has to be traded equally. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that they were getting so much more than I was getting back in return, that's why I got angry and said, I need to do something about it. And there's an expression by Einstein, you know, you can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. And that's mm-hmm. why I, I invested and hired a coach because I got to that point saying, this isn't right. I do understand that everybody's at that place and some people are, are just going to keep giving it away and giving it away. And I bless you. But for those of you who, who want to step into it, I want you to know you can do it. You really, really can. If you're willing to understand it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be scary and you're probably going to need some help, but you can do it. And you know, one thing that I realized, like, cause that's one of the things that I did when I first started coaching, I charged $50 per session. I'm like, you know, <laughs> or even like I did the whole bartering too. But one thing that I learned, especially in the, you know, transformational, you know, industry, if the, the other person doesn't have skin in the game, they're not going to do the work. So this, there was the one client that I worked with and, you know, it was one of my first ones, you know, I kept her, I kept this person at, you know, a very low price. And then, you know, a year later we would keep going in circles because, you know, there was not enough skin in the game. But then now when I look at my clients who do spend, you know, a thousand or $1,500 with me a month, well, guess what? They are doing the work because they have that skin in the game. So mm-hmm. I truly, I do not believe in bartering. I mean, yes, I've done it at, at the beginning, but then I really realized, because even when I got stuff for free, mm-hmm. I didn't do the work. Yes, I valued the, 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 the value that I got out of working with someone, but I didn't really do the work because what did I have to lose other than maybe like an hour of my time? Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you feel about that when you give your stuff away for too, too little price or even barter or just give it away for free because you just want to do pro bono work or you just want to be nice and help people? How does it actually help these people if you're not charging what, what, what you should be charging. Yeah, it really doesn't. And, and like I said, I did that in the beginning of my business and I have not done it since. And it really amazes me because um, the people, the circle I hang out with is, is a very high level circuit um, of, of entrepreneurs and coaches and all that. And it really surprises me, especially when I'm talking to a seven figure coach and they want to barter to work with me. Um, and of course I won't. Because I don't let my clients do it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't accept that anymore. And either people pay me what I charge or I'm, it's not the right time or I'm not the right person for them. Or they're not the right person for me. You know, one thing that's happened too, which is kind of off the subject, but kind of on the subject is um, I've earned the right. You know, I have, I have a, a strong enough and solid enough business that I've earned the right that I get to choose who I work with too. And in the beginning, you don't, right? In the beginning, it's all about you want to get your gift out and you want to make, you want to make money because you got, mostly it's a need, like I have to make money. And then when you get to that place where, you know, if you are lucky like me to have a profitable, a very profitable business, you get to pick and choose who do I really want to work with. So it becomes less about the numbers and more about who I really, really feel I can help and let the other ones go and just bless them, give them to the universe and, and let them go. Because, you know, in the beginning you think you have to pull everybody in and it's like, no, you, you know, you don't anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, the first person I actually turned down, it actually felt good because I was like, I really don't want to work with this person. And, you know, that's one of the things that I teach my clients too. Yes, even though at the beginning you do need the money, but then you also want to think about, well, 
can you really see yourself working with this person for let's say three, four, five, six months or you know a year at a time? Because you know, if that person is not the right fit for you, then you're gonna be the one working more than they do, and mm-hmm. it's gonna be a very unsatisfying relationship, and you're not gonna be able to get them the results that you could give someone someone else that is a better fit. So I always tell my clients like it is okay to say no or send them to someone else because you can't help any, everyone anyways. Um, you know, but now one thing, you know, would like I kind of would like to talk about like how can someone that's, you know, basically like still in the beginning stages, how can they really work up the, to the level to actually charge more for what they're worth? Because I, I know at the beginning stage, like at least for me, it was also like, I didn't think I was really good enough. Like how, who am I to charge for what I do? You know, so do you have some tips around that? Like how can someone that's still in the beginning stages who hasn't really had a whole lot of success or maybe not even any clients yet, how can they really set their prices that really reflects, you know, their own worth so they feel good about that as well? So in the beginning, I think you often are selling it for lower than what you're worth. But I think you have to because you have to build up your confidence. You have to get get good at what you're doing. You know, you can't just walk off of saying, hey, I just spent a thousand or five thousand or ten thousand dollars worth of training. I'm going to charge a million dollars. I mean, if you're an attorney, maybe, but even attorneys not get, attorney might only charge 150 an hour, right? When they first get out of grad school or, or some, I mean, law school, whatever. So in the beginning, I wouldn't really, honestly, Kay, expect someone to be doing that, not until they start having clients. And once they start feeling like how I started getting angry, their emotion may not be angry, their emotion might be something else. But when they start feeling it's time, when they start asking the questions, then it's time. Mm-hmm. But I think in the beginning, you really are going to be doing a lot of trades and giving away. I think that's part of the whole, the whole practice thing. The thing is that you don't want it lasting too long, just because unless you're independently wealthy, at some point, you know, you do, even just from a, a reality standpoint, you do need to be bringing in income. Yeah. I mean, one of my early coaches, I mean, one of my early mentors told me like, if you don't make money with your business, you don't have a business. You have a, you have a hobby, a very expensive hobby because you have the expenses. Yes and no. But so the IRS says, what is it after three years or four years? If you're not making money, then it's a hobby. Mm -hmm. But the first year, honestly, you're probably not making a whole lot of money because typically the first year you've got your expenses are so much higher. Um, you know, if you're, for example, if you're, cause I've got clients both brick and mortar as well as, um, um, coaches and all that stuff. So if you're a brick and mortar, all your money comes out up front. You know, you're, you're doing the, the lease maybe for a couple of years in advance. You got to buy the equipment, you got to buy the supplies, you got to hire people, you know, the cash registers, all these physical things, you know, uh, the renovations, all that kind of stuff you pay for in the beginning and you probably get a business loan, you know, or, or something like that. That's if you've got a brick and mortar. If you're a coach or something, or a healer, or helper, or photographer, or anything at all like that, videographer, web designer, all you need to do is go to Staples or Vistaprint or one of those places, spend 10 bucks and get some business cards made. And what people then don't realize is that, yeah, that's all you need to technically start, but understanding you are going to have expenses. You know, you're going to need to put a website up. You don't need the most expensive website, but you do need something online. You're probably going to need to have some form of email system. You're probably going to have to go to networking events. You're, you're going to want a coach if you want to move your business forward. Mm-hmm. So people don't realize that they are going to have a lot of expenses the first couple of years, and they really will be kind of upside down in some mm-hmm. ways as they're, as they're building their business. And it's learning partly too, like, where do you spend your money? Where do you not spend your money? Because a lot of entrepreneurs make that mistake that they'll spend a zillion dollars on a fancy logo and they haven't had a client yet. And again, not that logos are bad, but if you don't even know who you are and what you stand for and what your brilliance is to spend all that money on a logo without having all that knowledge, you're you're jumping the gun. You're, you're doing it way too early. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, you know, thanks for, for mentioning it. I, I totally agree, you know, because we oftentimes, you know, spend a lot of money on stuff we don't necessarily need right away, right? <laughs> yeah. but, but, but just so people understand is that you do, you do have to spend money. If you want to grow your business, you do have to spend yeah. money. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in the helping and the healing world, don't realize that they think it's all about getting their certification or their training, and then they're good to go. Um, because I know for, for a fact, I wasn't taught any of that stuff. And only because I have a business development background did I start getting it. But most entrepreneurs are not taught that. And then they wonder like, okay, you know, I was told I was going to have a line of clients. Like, where are they? You know, like, yeah. I'm just saying you have to do the business side too. Like I said, it's wearing the two hats, the service provider and the marketer. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you now. Like one thing I would like to kind of touch on is like, you know, cause especially in the beginning stages, you're going to have those people, especially if you don't really know how to actually have a powerful sales conversation. Uh, you're going to get those naysayers, those, I can't afford you. I, I can't do this. You know, you're too expensive. I mean, do you have some tips around? Because, I mean, I know for me, it was more like my mindset was like suffering for because of that a whole lot. So every time when I got into a conversation, I'm like, well, I'm probably going to get another no. So do you have some tips around that? How can you really handle those naysayers or the ones that say, I can't afford you, you charge too much? So what do you say right now to people? Well, I mean, I, I stick to my pricing, <laughs> you know, because I mean, I, I do know my value. But the, in, in the initial times, I was like, uh, well, okay. Uh, I even thought about, well, you know, if you sign up with me right now, I, I give you a discount, you know. So mm -hmm. that's the kind of things that I did trying to convince them that mm -hmm. they need to sign up with me because I need a client. Now, I don't do that no more. But I mean, it's been like I've been in business for a few years now. But I mm -hmm. know, you know, a lot of people, they really get, they take it personal. And that's one thing that I had to learn as well, like not to take it personal because not everyone is a good fit for you. Not everyone is at a place right now to actually work with you or they're just simply not ready to change right now. But early on, I didn't, I was like, oh, they don't want me. Oh my God, they don't like me. <laughs> so I was really upset about that. And that, and that's some of it because certainly, you, you know, any of us will talk to people who aren't quite ready and that's okay. Again, you just want to bless them, give them to the universe and, and all that kind of stuff. They may not be your person or maybe not right now, but there's a whole process. And, and I know we don't have time because our interview is almost over to get into the whole thing, but there is a whole process. So you're already kind of having this conversation with somebody because money is always going to be the biggest objection, mm -hmm. but money is not necessarily going to be a stopping point. And so when you're able to kind of separate, and this is a whole big, bigger topic. We don't have time to get into it today. But when you're able to separate out the money and not take it personally and not get caught up in the person's story, then often you're able to guide that person to get a yes. And not by bullying them. I don't believe in bullying. But just being able to separate all that out, Kay, and be able to help that person through it and then help them make the best decision for themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm. So it's, it's understanding which of it is because nine times out of 10, you probably will get the money objection. So it's, yeah. it's how to kind of separate that out. And like I said, not take it personally and then just be able to not get caught up in their story and help them through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Now, you know, you know, as we are coming to, to the end of the, our interview, I mean, do you have some, you know, valuable action step that, you know, the listeners can take right now that will help them either set their pricing if they don't, you know, doesn't, don't have your just set pricing set yet, or at least, you know, raise their prices to really then start charging more what they worth. So I'm going to actually pull it back a step. And so, you know, hopefully you're all listening to this topic because it's something you want to do. And what I always tell my clients, like when somebody's coming to work with me and they say, I want to make more money, I always want to know why. So I'm going to give everybody who's listening and this mean, and you know, if you're like, yep, I'm ready, you know, it's time. I want to know how to do it. 
write why, whether you journal it, whether it's a paragraph, whether it's five pages long, but why? Because when someone says, I want to make more money, I'll be like, why? You know, like, like a, a penny more, or are you talking about like a million dollars more? Like how, you know, so, so why do you want to make more money? What are you going to do with that money? How do you want to make that money? Start getting really, really clear on it because that's really the, the first step. And I don't believe in skipping steps. I'm very good at creating systems. That's my, my business background. And I always say start at the beginning. So really get in touch with why. Why do you want to charge what you're worth? Why is that so important? Why now? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then after that, then how do they really choose the pricing? So, okay. So that's another question. How do they choose the pricing? So very, look at where they are right now. And, you know, something I do with my clients very often is I just kind of start mentioning numbers to them and see how that feels and see if, when they start feeling uncomfortable in their body. Hmm, that's a great tip. Yeah, so if, they, if they're doing it on their own, like what can they do? Just kind of like then tune in, like ask the, the number or look at the yeah. number and tune in or how can they do that? They, they could absolutely do that. Um, I was gonna say all my clients tend to do it on their own, but just yeah, a number that feels good that you feel, and sometimes I even tell people, push it a little bit more. So if maybe you're, maybe if you're at $50 an hour and you say, okay, 75, yep, that seems pretty good. 100, yep, I'm still good. 125, uh, my stomach starts getting a little bit tight here. So maybe I'd, I'd have you go between 100 and 125. So not where it feels so good still, but maybe just a little bit, just to kind of push a little bit and start getting used to going a little bit higher. Because it is, every time you mention the number, you know, that's, again, that's another thing I teach too, is that when people say their number and they'll go, it's $400, you know, the voice gets really high, you know, or else they say it really, really fast. You can barely hear them. It's being able to be, you know, to, to be able to talk about your number. So make it so it's comfortable, maybe just a teeny bit out of your comfort zone and start there. Mm -hmm. the yeah. The beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur, Kay, is that someone can give themselves a raise today. They can give themselves a raise tomorrow. Okay, that was actually my next question I was going to ask you. I mean, do you have, because I mean, I've seen there are people talk about, well, I just raised my prices. And then, you know, every six months I raise my prices. I mean, what, what do you think about that? At what point should you raise your prices? How often should you raise your prices? And then should Never. you eventually cut it off? Whenever. Okay, so basically whenever it feels good. Whenever it feels good. I don't believe in doing it just to do it. But if you feel like, you know, wait a minute, you know, I'm worth more. I have a... Like my, one of my clients, when she first started working with me, we figured out she was making something like 15 to $20 an hour. And that's because technically she wasn't charging that. She was charging a bit more, but that was all the time to put together things, the after the, the working with a client, you know, all that stuff, the prep work, the after prep and all that. And, um, you know, she, she'd been in business five years. It was time to change. And now she's at the place a couple of years later that she basically has hit her income goal um, the beginning of June. Okay. And nice. her income is multi six figures. So just to let everybody know. So, uh, you know, she's probably going to leave it where it is, but she's gonna, just going to call her year because she wants to spend time with her family. So it's really understanding again, you know, why do you want to do this? That goes back to my, my question you asked me a few minutes ago, because that'll help you too. You know, maybe you just leave it at a certain point and say, I'm, I'm done, doors closed, you know, and understanding what is really important. Why is this money too important to you? What are you doing with it? Do you want to start a nonprofit? Do you want to hire a team? Do you want to just stick it in the bank for retirement? You know, what, what do you do with all this money? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the why is like behind just about everything. I mean, that's like one of the questions I love to ask. Like, why do you do what you do? Why do you want to change something? Why, you know, I think that is so important because I think it's the, the groundwork of 
you know, taking that next step and, you know, holding you at that, you know, if you're focusing on the why, it keeps you motivated to actually move forward. So I think that I, I love the question of why, what's the big why? Mm-hmm. So Kate, I mean, I think we, you know, covered a lot of great content today. I mean, if anyone would like to reach out to you, if anyone would like to find out more about you, how can they find you? Where can they, where can they find you? Sure. So you can go to my website. That's katebeaters.com. Um, you can email my team, info at katebeaters.com. And I know for your listeners, I might have a special gift. Um, if you want to get start getting a little bit more clarity about your money story, you can go to uh, tinyurl.com forward slash money story quiz. And it's something that'll take you like three minutes to do, but start giving you an indication of maybe what's holding you back in your money story as a way to, to go forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thanks. And the, and the link will be with the show notes as well. So, you know, just make sure you go to abundantly-successful.com. All the show notes will be there. Now, you know, in closing, I mean, do you have any last words of advice, any last thoughts you would like to leave us with? Yeah, just be open to, you know, what I always tell my clients is that you're either growing or you're dying. So understand that I know when I first started my business, I was like, oh, I just want, you know, to have 20, 30 clients a week and just tap, tap, tap away, you know, and you, you change, you grow. And, you know, I have a lot of clients like that, that they wanted a lot. And now they want group work or whatever, or depending on their business, they just be open to that, you know, that, that it is a journey that mm-hmm. what you wanted last year might not necessarily be the same thing you want this year and be open to that and be open to the fact that you will not know how to get there if you've never been there before, which means you are going to need guidance. Mm-hmm. And once we all understand that and accept it and are willing to, to get help, that's what allows us to get to that next level and have that breakthrough. Yeah, I love it. You know, thanks so much for sharing it. Also, you know, Kate, thanks so much for you know, taking time out of your busy day to be here with me and with the audience to share all the great content. I mean, I definitely you know, love what we talked about, and I'm pretty sure you know, the audience definitely got a, got a lot out of this too. So thank you so much for, for being here with me and with the audience. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. And I also want to thank you guys again, you know, for being here, for, you know, listening in. I really hope you took some notes today and, you know, got some value out of, you know, thinking about your own pricing. I mean, you know, you're here to make a big difference, but, you know, don't think that just because you're a healer, you're here to help people, you're a conscious entrepreneur or, you know, a light worker, that you don't deserve to actually get compensated for what you do because you will actually do a hugely disservice to your audience, I mean, to your ideal clients if you don't charge enough. And we talked about that earlier you know so you know get out there shine your light ask for what you're worth you definitely deserve it so you know thank you for tuning in make sure you go to abundantly-successful.com to show to look at the show notes to get to the links to you know you know listen to all the previous episodes you know and i'm looking forward to seeing you again in the next episode uh you know also if you have any questions you know leave it down down below in the comment box and you know i'm looking forward to seeing you again in the next episode and i hope you have an abundantly and successful amazingly day Thank you.